You, me, and HIFMB. Stories of science and the sea. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to the HIFMB podcast. We are nearing the summer break, which is probably what you saw in the very infrequent release dates of the podcast episodes lately. And it's been getting crazy busy for me. So um, I'm in between projects where I'm still wrapping up my old project, but I'm already working in the next project. So it's, uh, it's a bit of overlap for me and I, I try to find time to record podcasts in between, which is very few and far between these days. But we have a really cool uh, special, a podcast special, a series, a little series coming up, but I can't uh, tell you too much yet. So your uh, waiting <laughs> in between episodes lately will be rewarded. You can also hear that we're nearing the summer break because in this episode we had so <laughs> so much thunder and, and rains in the background. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's a good summer episode for you. To make your summer more interesting, this episode is by Anna Roig, a postdoc who works on coral reefs. What she does on coral reefs is she actually works on the microbiome of corals. So that is harnessing the, the microbes that actually live on corals and provide a lot of benefits for them. And she pioneered with some other scientists, pioneered the method of transplanting that microbiome from one coral that seems to be very resistant to something like global warming, where normally a coral would bleach. These corals, they seem to be quite resistant and Anna and her colleagues, they harness the microbiome and transplant it to a coral that doesn't display these um, heat-resistant characteristics and make, actually makes it more resilient to global warming. We also talk about her career and how it's quite um, logically followed from one topic to the next and uh, specifically dive into, the, into her time in Saudi Arabia, which is uh, quite an interesting topic. So without further ado, I give you Anna Roig. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of the HIFMB podcast. And now, fitting summer, uh, we have marine scientist Anna Roig here, who focuses on coral reef ecosystems. Yeah, hi, Jan. Hello. Happy <laughs> to be here. Um, yeah, so today, f first of all, who are you? you um, it, it says on your website that you are a marine scientist uh, with the focus on coral reef ecosystems and uh, the, the microbiome of corals. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's pretty much it. So I work on corals and microbes, yeah. and to keep it really short. But uh, so technically speaking, if I want to introduce myself and want to explain what I do, yeah. yes, I'm a marine scientist. And uh, my major focus, at, especially at this moment, mm -hmm. um, is um, develop, trying to develop interventions mm -hmm. and adaptation strategies for well, marine wildlife uh, in the face of climate change and ocean warming. Okay. Um, and to do this, we m basically focus on the uh, like a marine organism, which is in my case, the coral, because mm -hmm. coral, like I, I have been sticking around with corals for a while. So I yeah. know I know this org these organisms um, already pretty well, I would say. Mm -hmm. um, and the other part in, in this quest is, is uh, the microbiome. So the microbiome is... is like an associated uh, community of, of tiny little unicellular organisms. Mm -hmm. And these organisms are actually 
um, yeah, we don't know much about it, and that's why I integrated them at some point into the scope of my research, okay, yeah. because we really want to learn about them. Mm -hmm. um, in the end, um, so we know that the a microbiome can be powerful, and mm -hmm. we know it from from us humans, from from like medical science yeah. that, that has been advancing. Like our gut microbiome. Exactly. And, like that, yeah. um, and so, so we have we we base every like everything I do is based on the hypothesis that uh, the microbiome could be harnessed mm -hmm. and could be used or manipulated to do good for the coral yeah which is endangered as we know okay. by especially by climate change yeah and, and wa it's, it's warming so, yeah. so the major problem is warming that we're looking at yeah okay and and backing up a little bit like you said um so you first how did it come about for you did you first focus on corals and then focus on the microbiome or the other way around like you always focused on microbiome and then use corals as an example or and so that it started with the corals, okay. I would say. So <laughs> I was working. So my very first job on the reef um, was uh, working in a restoration project. Mm -hmm. So um, I was involved in a restoration project in the Caribbean, where um, the, the 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 big goal was to uh, to restore populations of Acropora palmata, which is a mm -hmm. threat, critically threatened. Coral species, and, and it's, it's. I think by now, it's, it, I started ten years ago, so I don't <laughs> know what the state is now, but it was really critical at yeah. like ten years ago. Um, and many projects uh, that have been uh, focusing on saving this coral were set in Florida, in some of the mm. Caribbean islands, were well f figured out that that yeah they they're losing this coral, mm -hmm. so, so um, lots of funding went into trying to breed them. Okay. Um, and propagate them on the reefs. So Acropora so palmata um, is is this branching coral that like builds tables, right? Kind yeah, of. Yeah, it's it's the alcorn coral. Alcorn, also, yeah. so it, it make it's um, uh, yeah. So, so it's like it's really massive, but yeah. it's a branching coral, mm -hmm. and it's very unique. So, so you don't find the this, this type of coral in the in, in the entire of uh, Indian Ocean. Yeah. There you will find other Acropora species, mm -hmm. but in the Caribbean, it's a very iconic coral as well. So there is two okay. Acropora species only, and they're branching corals. And these branching corals are really important for habitat formation. So because they're they're built this three dimensional structure, mm -hmm. and that's why they're really important. And now they obviously they were the most that's lightning here. Yeah, there's a li <laughs> lightning on <laughs> Yeah, it's also a tropical storm and all that. Yeah. <laughs> oh. There we go. Mm. That's new. <laughs> I hope. I'm not sure if you can hear it. Yeah, I tape. hope so. We we will we will see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so these corals are very important, and we only have two two species of of them for 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 like building this three dimensional structure, which is critical for. Uh, the maintenance of biodiversity in these ecosystems. Yeah, and like fish can hide in between yeah, the little coral uh, branches exactly. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And like all the critters attached to, to, to that are kind of associated with the reefs. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so it's a breeding ground, and, mm. and yeah, it's the habitat. Uh, so this is where I started out, and yeah, my my further uh career. <laughs> no, career and and connection to corals uh went into uh, doing a phd at some point because mm -hmm. i really got interested into the ecology and mm -hmm. how things work and, and why why for instance we we would set out some corals and some of them will die others not so yeah, yeah. this is something to find out mm -hmm. i thought so i st i <laughs> i started um working uh for my phd 
to earn a PhD title. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I joined a genomics lab, or I had an opportunity, I applied for this job, of mm. course. Um, that was that was based in Saudi Arabia, so a different system, the Red Sea, mm-hmm. um, which means for a coral reef scientist, Indo-Pacific corals, yeah. uh, which are more diverse, so you need to learn many more species if you are interested also in like the macro community structure and okay. so on. Yeah. Um, but And then also having my genomics bodies on my hand, uh, I got many opportunities to, to look into other things than, than like the, the restoration mm-hmm. projects um, gave me the opportunities. Um, and uh, this is actually where we started looking at like some sy- symbionts, so, so maybe <laughs> a little bit of coral education. Yeah, so yeah, corals, corals are very much dependent on their unicellular symbionts, mm-hmm. um, which are sometimes called algae, but they're not really algae, they're what we call dinoflagellate, mm-hmm. <laughs> we biologists, we call them dinoflagellates. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and but th- these unicellular um, organisms, they, they they do photosynthesis, mm-hmm. and this is how they provide energy to the coral. Yep. In in this, um, uh, based on this, the coral is like this, a symbiotic animal, mm-hmm. and that's why we find them in uh, these clear tropical waters mainly because uh, this is where the symbiont can perform at its best and mm-hmm. and. Uh, receives a lot of uh, or enough sunlight to, to provide the energy. At some point, we started looking at uh, the microbes that were associated, uh, or so, so bacterial bacterial microbes, because mm. there's many types of microbes. Right. <laughs> I don't know exactly. if you want me to go into this. No, no. <laughs> I just wanted to briefly ask, like you mentioned, the microbiome um, and the unicellular organisms, the symbionts, are they considered part of the microbiome or not? Yes, of course. Yeah? So they okay. are, yeah. So so we we now by now we used to say microbiome compartment. Okay. <laughs> so there are many compartments of the microbiome, um, wh- or many different communities, yeah. which in the end probably interact with each other. Mm-hmm. So so there's there's many unknowns. We we don't know how yeah. these things work together, but. Um, and yeah, in, uh, eventually we want to to make use of our knowledge and manipulate the microbiome. Mm-hmm. Um, microbes could help make the um, an organism uh, more resilient in terms of stress, mm-hmm. because there's microbes with antioxidant capacities, mm-hmm. so, so they produce antioxidant enzymes. Um, these enzymes could interfere or interact in in the cell or in between the cell uh, the host cells yeah. uh, to quench certain stress chemicals let's mm-hmm. put it in that yeah. term so yeah. there's different really pa- like many different pathways that um could um be targeted but uh like th- it's like this ar- anti that's the most obvious one antioxidants mm. and and the stress stress chemicals that are being yeah. released when uh, when organisms are exactly. stressed by heat or yeah or like or like, a, like when a coral bleaches it it uh, is subjected to oxidative stress right and, yeah. and an- antioxidants battle that Exactly. Yeah, okay. And we don't know if it's the dinoflagellate or the coral. So, so this oh, we don't know? Okay. It's not fully clear who f- releases, who's stressed first. Ah, right. And in some cases, it could be that it's really, it really depends on the coral species and mm-hmm. how the stress is happening. That's super interesting. I, I still learned, like when, when I studied, I still learned that the, it's always the dinoflagellate that, that gets stressed and releases oxidative uh, stress uh molecules into yeah. the coral and then that kicks it out that has been shown in a, in a couple of studies but there's yeah. also studies showing uh, like the the dinoflagellate is fine and performing fine yeah. there is oxidative stress increasing in the cells mm-hmm. 
in in the and you can just see host factors yeah. going down the hill so so it's not completely resolved but we know oxidative stress is uh, an issue and that's why um the research community came up with the first thing mm -hmm. was suggested yeah antioxidants yeah, that's okay. what we need right okay <laughs> for, for the coral you brought this paper today which uh is called towards enhancing uh coral heat tolerant tolerance uh microbiome transplantation treatment using inoculation of homogenized coral tissue. Yeah, thanks for this <laughs> reading this long. So I'm yeah. sorry for this title. No, Very it's technical. Fine. <laughs> uh, it, sometimes it needs to be long. It's um, a technical study. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. But it is super interesting. Like the first thing you mentioned is, um, so what you did is you transplanted microbiomes from heat resistant corals to less heat resistant corals. Mm -hmm, exactly. Okay. And um, you did that with, uh, so it's, it's called a, a CMT, uh, coral microbiome tr transplantation yeah and you did it in Pocillopora and porites corals so no acropora here no no okay. acropora here um yeah for the reason it's, it's uh so, so this that was a study uh, we performed it in like partly in situ so mm. it's we use wild corals in okay. thailand yeah and there were just in, in those reefs that we we had access to no acroporas left so mm. this is like one one uh yeah set point about also like working every, every year yeah. where when i go to especially those places that i uh, have good access to the reefs mm -hmm. and i mean thailand is a very popular place to go for holidays yeah. and, and so the coastline is very developed mm -hmm. the corals are uh, so coral populations are declining yeah. like i can see it in my lifetime in my short <laughs> lifetime <Yeah. laughs> uh, or my my research lifetime um so we didn't find acroporas there yeah. uh, which doesn't mean they're not there they were just not in those reefs that we were mm. performing our work um and uh, Potilopora and Porites. So Porites is like one of these massive brown rocks. Yeah, yeah. People just don't, many Older people corals, don't yeah. know that's alive. <laughs> <laughs> and Potilopora is also called the raspberry coral. It's cute and nice and, and has like little arms that okay. look like raspberry bubbles. I don't, I don't know. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's, uh, and it's pinkish. Yeah. And, mo and most like uh, it can be brown it, it, it varies from from brown to mm -hmm. pink and so, so you mentioned you um, went to thailand with this one with this yeah. study yeah it's on the on the andaman seaside like phuket is in there phuket right? yeah. is there okay. um and similan which is maybe the most mm. popular destination okay for diving snorkeling but it's really tiny and it's overloaded with tourism <laughs> please don't go there <laughs> okay I, uh, holiday I've, recommendation yeah i've never actually myself i've never been there i've been w working mainly around phuket and yeah. uh Kuracha, which is south from phuket mm. and yeah let's get back to the yeah. probiotics exactly. and microbiome manipulation so uh, we did the study there because of uh yeah personal contacts and, mm. and this collaboration that we uh, um started with thailand mm -hmm. um and we were uh, re uh, well restricted to using certain corals because of the lack of species yeah. <laughs> in the reef and these two corals are really important reef builders at this moment there and they they're, they're known as, as really uh, like critical reef building mm -hmm. coral species uh, in uh, the entire and then the whole of indo-pacific so it's not only thailand it's like more than half of the marine world, I would say. And that's why okay, significance. Well, so yeah. they're really important. That's why we have chosen those because it's important to understand how we can help them yeah. and how they, how, how they respond, how they, you know, behave. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, we started thinking, especially in my case, I was in touch with people or with labs who 
have like a bio bank of microbes <laughs> and they were testing potential probiotics like yeah. really administering micro certain micro marine microbes um, to corals in an experimental setting i wanted to do something similar but i didn't have a biobank and mm -hmm. i was in thailand we didn't have uh, yeah exactly i was microbio like yeah. a microbiology lab there mm -hmm. um so i was just uh, i decided to go for okay to f try find a solution for also a very um real world application that you can do in remote places like mm -hmm. you know yeah, remote yeah. places that are maybe not well um uh yeah i don't don't have the facilities for yeah, exactly. high-tech science yeah. <laughs> um and that was a thing we could do there so a microbiome transplant we just needed to find like the, the yeah exactly what do you need like like how do you do it how so what you need is you, you need to know your corals. So the first okay. thing is we developed a heat stress assay. Okay. <laughs> so a totally different thing. So yeah. work on the physiology first, uh -huh. uh, figure out who, so it's like a, you can imagine for human, as humans, we go to the doctors, get a blood test done yeah. Yeah, okay. and you will find certain parameters that are in check or not. And okay. then, you know, okay, this patient or this person has this gut problem and this doesn't, and this is how you figure out just the an example. susceptible ones yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so okay. what we do is we test the corals uh, which we find in the field um mm -hmm. using kind of a standardized assay and we're looking at their bleaching response mm -hmm. photosynthetic efficiency is a good metric because as you said already said the, mi the uh, microbes the <laughs> symbionts the yeah. photosynthetic symbionts are usually the first ones uh, who are affected by the heat and mm -hmm. then you can you can measure it with a fluorometer like the plant scientists use, so we 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 use one of these tools. Mm -hmm. do uh, you sorry, do you, do you yeah. artificially bleach them, or, or are they recently bleached after a bleaching no, event? By, by so, so we run a heat, uh, as we simulate uh, acute heat stress. Mm -hmm. So we put the corals, we take them out from the reef, put them in smaller tanks. Okay. There is circulation, so they get everything they need, but the yeah. temperature is being ramped up over a short time, yeah, okay. up to something like thirty three or thirty four, which yeah. is Very above. Good all of their you yeah. know no critical <laughs> thresholds yeah. Yeah. um we it depends on the coral species for mm -hmm. the sturdy ones we run it for two or three days so we repeat this peak uh, over two days mm -hmm. and and we take measurements and then we can figure out how fast do they bleach mm. and there's the fa those that respond instantly and there's those that don't respond at all or yeah. respond later uh, so we can group them in uh, resilient types and non-resilient types and yeah. In the in, in this area where we worked, we figured out that one island, like the Western Island sites, had predominantly the some resilient type corals mm -hmm. compared to the East Shores that were nice and protected reefs. Yeah. So that also has to do with their environmental history. Mm -hmm, probably. <laughs> yeah, we also have a paper on that. Because <laughs> yeah, this uh, project just gave a lot of data yeah. and lots of things to be interpreted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you quite quite the the pioneers in in this uh field right of of or, or in with applying the microbiome to corals yeah this so is this is the new. first study yeah exactly like th then we collected those corals that performed really well in our heat stress tests mm -hmm. produce we produced um homogenate from the tissues okay so we this technique requires some uh, coral uh, material yeah so this obviously is, yeah. this is not i mean it's not super sustainable because we need yeah, some coral like a donor we need something yeah, to exactly. donate to the poor <laughs> sensitive yeah. corals how many donors do you usually need in order to transplant 
so much microbiome on so many corals like I what mean, are the numbers we don't know we okay. don't know yet this right. is those dosing it was the first experiment yeah. the follow-up experiment okay. we'll need to figure out the, the dosing that still um, will provide the effect okay so because the nice thing was we measured a positive effect yeah so we didn't save the corals from bleaching mm -hmm. um, but they bleached much slower mm -hmm. Um, then the the like the, the the placebo group just really crashed, <laughs> like like in the yeah. first test that we did with the uh, with their when we were exploring uh, you know and trying to understand who is the donor who's the best donor who's the best recipient. Mm -hmm. So the recipients, the placebo group of recipients, didn't perform well at all, okay. while our other corals made it through fairly well. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but. Uh, so we see some positive effects and mm. we, we could even pinpoint several uh, bacterial species that were very likely transmitted by NG. So, so we, we looked at them at, with NGS data, so right. sequencing data, metabarcoding, yeah. um, and we could find a couple of uh, bacterial species that are already in, or some of them, mm. are already in the focus of science, of researchers, okay. um, because some of them we really suspect to be important for the orga coral organism so mm -hmm. potential symbionts so we don't know yet if right. they're really true symbionts yeah. but we find them some of them we find often um, with corals mm -hmm. and by showing here that new strains or new t new variants so to say mm -hmm. um, were transmitted from a donor from from this western shore mm -hmm to the eastern shore recipients which didn't have that uh, like by just by, by looking at the dna mm -hmm. the barcode <laughs> yeah <laughs> um okay. it was new uh, variants of these major microbes that we suspect to yeah. be important for the corals. so that was like not random stuff being yeah. transferred no, no, but and that's also one of the outcomes that is important for the further work because now we at least we suggest and recommend we should focus on these potential symbionts yeah those that on, are on these species that were super beneficial yeah. or that were most likely to be beneficial for the corals yeah because yeah. they're able to stick around yeah. as a host yeah so there's a discussion in the paper yeah absolutely yeah very much assisted evolution they call it i think yeah yeah that's also it goes into this yeah. uh yeah pigeonhole or R <laughs> rabbit hole <laughs> again <laughs> yeah yeah there's also many d different approaches yeah. to do this with symbionts or with microbes and or just with a host so, so that paper came out in 2021 and you yeah. uh, and you're still working on this topic um you're still involved yeah. with the uh, with work yeah yeah well um, so maybe you know there was a pandemic <laughs> yeah i was yeah i was aware so, yeah so um experimental work especially like the field work uh, was halted but yeah. we uh, in the meantime we did as i said we are exploring other microbiomes like the microbiome the fungi mm -hmm. um we i've been working on some perspective and review papers and uh actually now i'm actually preparing for another trial that mm -hmm. will be the follow-up for to th to this um paper in thailand again or uh no probably in uh, israel at the red sea okay so in Thailand, we our contact, uh, my collaborator in Thailand went to Bangkok. Yeah, so okay. she lives in Bangkok now. Right. And it's, you know, the Gulf. So, so yeah, Phuket, yeah, it could be an option at some point again. But, but at this point, I'm starting something with uh, a bit of a different group, mm -hmm. um, but following up on uh, the open questions that were left yeah. from, from this first, uh, you know, Super experiment. <laughs> um, yeah. Excited to see what comes out of it. I yeah, mean, me too. <laughs>
Uh, and you also mentioned that aside from your research, you, you also like to explore the uh, coral reefs that we see today uh, using your camera. So you're an avid underwater photographer. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So, so, so you're always on, on like field trips and stuff. You always take your camera. And no. So no, no that's, main, that's really my, my free time, I would say. Oh, right. Okay. When, so on field trips, of course, I have my camera with me. But yeah. most of the time, you just don't get the chance to, yeah. to, to go to these places that you really want to capture i ha i have so so i because i do photography of course i have many photos of my field sites and yeah, okay. and some of the work that is being done at the aquaria um but it's mainly yeah because i told you i i, I started diving and i really liked it mm -hmm. even in in the netherlands however oh, i really? since i never dove in the netherlands again in the north sea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is cold It is cold and there's uh, well, well, there is a little bit to see, but it's yeah. it's different and like I don't know, I'm mm -hmm. I really got into taking photos mm -hmm. and especially so I have a wide angle lens. This is what you need in a reef okay, to capture yeah. the landscape. <laughs> and what's also very popular about photographers, you may also know if you go on on a dive trip somewhere, we'll also find these people with their macro lenses mm -hmm. and they li like to just sit there like little nudie branks or yes, something like tiny tiny <laughs> yeah so we call it the critters yeah um yeah yeah i'm i really enjoy doing this and i think it's just this, the side effect of um the places that i've been living mm -hmm. like uh in a like i was close to the reef yeah close to the sea nice. and since so i have to say when i go for a walk i also take my camera with me or mm -hmm. People sometimes would freak out because I'm taking photos instead of hiking. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when we when we go hiking in the mountains. Yeah. Um, so so it's just a it's a hobby, and nice. uh, the underwater photography is pretty challenging, I have to say, because it's you're going on a holiday and you need to take care of your equipment all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> so sometimes I'm really tired, but I'm always happy to use use my camera mm -hmm. and, and get the chances to go to these really special places. And because I, I mean, I know I know the reefs, so I more or less also know where to go and where not to go. And, and yeah. how to go there is also important. Yeah, so how exactly. do you step into these ecosystems yeah <laughs> there's exactly. do's and don'ts <laughs> yeah yeah um and, yeah and do you then like go like when you've spent all week uh, on a field trip in this in the sea already then you go on the weekend and and take yeah. another dive yeah. just for fun yeah of course yeah, nice. yeah so that's that's how i started it i mean you yeah. just you wanna you need some time off you need to yeah. relax yeah. and then people ask me to go on a dive i was just really bored <laughs> on a dive so i took <laughs> my camera i think that's how it started and like by now i i think that like i think last month i went uh, to a conference and and spent two days on a, on a, like a beach nearby mm -hmm. um in malaysia and a friend told me ah oh, let's go diving Yeah, But no. actually, we went. I, w I thought I go there for just hiking in the jungle, which I also really <laughs> like. Um, and I didn't bring my camera, and she had one. She oh. had like her little camera, and I was so bored in the oh, two no. three dives we did. <laughs> <laughs> so this is where I figured out I need something to do in these places. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. Um, yeah, no, but um, uh, yeah, exactly. And then you, you, um, I think that, or oh, I don't remember when it was now. I think in April you had a an exhibition of. Uh, your, yeah. your photos in in Oldenburg some of mine and some of others yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. so this this was actually a nice 
um, event and an opportunity to make use of these photos. So yeah. I have some of my, I'm too late, I'm a lazy person actually. I have some photos on my website, <laughs> but I have tons of photos on my <laughs> uh, home server. Yeah. <laughs> I need a home server by now. <laughs> um, yeah, I need to do something with that. Um, but uh, it happened that uh, my colleague and I, uh, a good friend, mm -hmm. uh, and also my, I, I, I lived with um, her here in Oldenburg for two years. She left now, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. But who, uh, Stephanie, Stephanie Halba, she was okay. also working um, at the ICBM yep. in Wilhelmshaven. Mm -hmm. She's a scientific diver. Mm -hmm. She was working on the North Sea projects. Okay. But in her past research life, <laughs> she's <laughs> been uh, working on tropical seagrasses mostly. Okay. And she is really into photography of tiny critters mm -hmm. in particular. So we ended up some evenings just hanging out <laughs> and showing us the critters we had still had on our phones from yeah, like yeah, the, exactly. the rare weird shrimps yeah. from some island <laughs> in the i don't know in the in the indian ocean yeah. um and this is how it started because we did it a couple of times and uh, i think it was actually steffi who initiated this because she, she also um got into creating a children's book mm -hmm. so she, she had this experience of oh, we, we should do outreach, mm. <laughs> which didn't appear to me in the beginning. But then I thought, <laughs> oh, yes, let's do it. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, so, so she came up with it. We, then we also got on board Julia Strahl. From, mm -hmm. uh, she was working with us here. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're, I'm sure you remember. Yeah, Julia, yeah, um, who is um, um, very uh, eager to organize things. And <laughs> she was the perfect body in this. And also she is uh, a bit of like an artist because she's doing pottery in her free time. Mm -hmm. And we that's why we, we had a chat and we all figured out we all do something else in our free time that is kind of creative and also requires energy <laughs> and, <laughs> and time, right? Um, why not display it and use it for... Um, yeah, for 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 something useful, which yep. and for instance, for transferring or transmitting the ideas we have about science or the insights we get from our scientific work mm -hmm. um, to the public, and and this is how it came about. So, so we started looking for funding for this exhibit. It took almost a year, I think. All right. Then the girls left <laughs> from, <laughs> so they left Oldenburg because, yeah. of course, we are all kind of job hopping at this moment. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was really nice because this also taught me just don't give up. Like stick with people even if they leave. You can do, I think, after since the pandemic, we know yeah. we can just do everything remotely. Yeah. <laughs> um, they came here when we opened the exhibit. Mm -hmm. So we had um, a collection of uh, photography, uh, mostly underwater and mostly coral reefs, because this is very iconic and it's like the, you know, it's it's uh, the best. Uh, uh, it gives the best motives to to use to present biodiversity mm -hmm. that people can really marvel at and yeah. that <laughs> get really engaged with. Um, we really didn't want to miss out on the local things. Mm -hmm. It's hard to find photographers that, that really have uh, can present something really nice from the North Sea because it's such a challenging yeah. environment. Right? Yeah. But we, we had um, uh, someone, a friend of mine, Michael Swart, he's also a ma biologist, mm -hmm. a marine biologist at uh, Geomar and a diver. So he, he actually contributed most of the local uh, biodiversity imagery for our no Nordic Seas corner. Um, <laughs> and an important uh, thing was the art, like an art artistic corner. So we had some paintings and 
comics uh, on the display, all created by scientists mm -hmm. in their free time. Was was Mita uh, Mahato? Did she have part? Did no, she take part in the she, comics? No, no, okay. no, 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 no. Yeah, she's also doing. She knows. She, we talked about it, yeah. but she came. It was so she came in. I think later, and then she was overwhelmed with so many projects and requests. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, we didn't have her on it. Also, the in intention was to have um, um, uh, scientists. Mm -hmm. Scientists that produce art. Okay, so yeah. so all of our artists are scientists. Okay, right. Uh, by by day <laughs> and artists by night, <laughs> and uh, um, yeah. So so um, it's it's the collection is still here. So we have it. So f to anyone listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. um, we are happy to uh, pass it on. So so you can basically rent the the photography we have, mm -hmm. um, the artwork. It's uh, it's up to you know. Every, like we need to check in with the artists every yeah. time and also we're also in some cases thinking of expanding something um, we're planning to have something uh, new in Bremen end of this year probably cool yeah so stay tuned yeah definitely but nothing like I, I don't want to give any details yet and there are no details to be honest <laughs> but <laughs> but it's still alive and we we try to keep it alive and even further develop this thing Sweet. Um, so also happy uh, if any of you are interested to to do something or join something or yeah, come absolutely. come in with your ideas just talk to us Perfect. Get in touch yeah. okay yeah. um perhaps more on, yeah. on your personal side or or your the, the side of your career um, you so you're from Germany originally, um, from from Bochum or? Well, I grew so I'm actually Polish. You are <laughs> all right. Like I well, it, I think it's a pretty international now, or not not a well defined. Yeah. People don't can't identify. Y yeah, exactly. So I, could, no, my parents are from Poland. Anywhere. Yeah, and I, right. I grew up um, in uh, uh, near Bochum in Essen, mm -hmm. uh, in the Ruhr area, which is like this cluster of huge yeah. cities. Yeah. <laughs> the the Ruhr 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 yeah. yeah, and so I started out. Um, yeah, as a student in Bochum, yeah, which okay. is a huge university. It um, is okay, right? It is big. It has yeah. been. I actually stayed there because I thought I didn't really know what to do, mm -hmm. and then I started exploring. And, and they have many, you know, many faculties, so so you could you could basically study almost everything there, I guess. Yeah. And you did. You studied uh, biology and English studies. Yeah, I started yeah. out with, <laughs> because people told me when you study biology, you will end up as an unemployed biologist. Yeah. Okay. And then I said, okay, I'm going to be a teacher. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> but then I decided not to be a teacher. Yeah, okay. Yeah, pretty quickly, actually. After the first uh, hospitation, I think you call mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I just decided for myself, no, I really want to do science. Okay. And then I, I finished both because whatever I start, I want to finish. That's yeah, that's that's a good trade. Maybe, no, maybe I think it's not a good trade. <laughs> maybe, maybe not, okay. <laughs> Perspectives are different. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I stuck with biology. Yeah, okay. And I, I actually started, yeah, if you want to know what I started with, it was not marine science. Like everyone was dreaming of marine science. <laughs> I didn't. Um, I, I actually was a student and I uh, enrolled in all these neuroscience programs or, mm -hmm. you know, like block course. Yeah. You know, uh, so it's like classes and practicals right. and, uh, and of course you do the general lectures yeah, so okay. this is um, general bio it was biology and bio right. sciences um, or biotechnology so it was a, a mix of classical zoology but then we had 
uh, some, you know, at that time they called it genetics, which <laughs> is dealing with DNA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay. Um, um, yeah, I was into neurosciences, mm -hmm. but then I think I took, and it was, yeah, I don't know why, I just took a diving class. I, I <laughs> enrolled, like, I, I started going, uh, joining the uh, dive club mm -hmm. at the university. Mm -hmm. um, And then I thought I need to do something with my dive license. So I joined the <laughs> uh, field trip <laughs> that was offered All right. by my then uh, uh, later supervisor for my master thesis. Mm -hmm. So I went to Egypt with uh, Ralph Tolrian in ah, Bochum. Okay. Right. And um, I kind of integrated well with this group. And uh, indeed, there, so it was really interesting because they were looking uh, <laughs> for someone looking at the neuronal system of a crustacean. And I said, yeah, why not? <laughs> Let's do it. So I, I'm still in touch with uh, the people I worked uh, cool. with in Bochum. Yeah. Or with at least with one, <laughs> I'm in touch. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that was kind of the window to the ocean. And then I thought, yeah, the so the you know the the brain because for the brain was for me like there will be lots of work to be done because we don't know anything about the brain mm -hmm. right but then i figured out yeah the ocean and then you know you listen to lectures about the deep sea and all these unknowns and then i thought okay there's many unknowns and i, I got stuck with uh, with these marine and so I, my master thesis was actually on a um Uh, um, predator prey system and mm -hmm. and it was about plasticity in the, in the animals okay um, what does that mean plasticity plasticity means that one genotype would express different phenotypes ah, okay so gene so like how you express your genes yeah. and it was about daphnids so crust tiny crustaceans water fleas that's the word yeah, okay um, um, these daphnids are known to change shape so they morphologically uh, remake yeah. when they sense a predator and uh, my group at that time was interested in how how is uh, what are the pathways and the neuronal pathways mm -hmm. how the sensory uh, input goes uh, how does it go into daphnid mm. yeah and and then how, how does it change when the when the morphological restructuring is happening so so i did some neuronal stuff on crustaceans <laughs> mm. and uh yeah and later on uh, i i just yeah i got interested in this restoration project because i thought you know you have this face of <laughs> wanting to save the world maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then uh and that got me hooked on uh, ecology because mm. it's again it's yeah it's like a system you know it's you work with data mm. uh you you try to connect the dots so yeah. ma maybe i don't know if all that Uh, if I don't know, I don't know if neuroscience would have been something for me or not. <laughs> But maybe, maybe it's a similar thing. You, you you correlate things and try to understand the black box. Yeah. Kind of. so, yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah, so, but then I, I kind of, because by then I had more experience in marine sciences than in neurosciences. <laughs> I, I got stuck with that. Nice. And, and all at the University of Bochum. So that's where you did your master's yeah, as well. Yeah, exactly. In, and in then I decided to go for a PhD at some yeah. point. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And that's, let's talk about that. That's, uh, so I, I also started uh, studying marine ecology or, or started with coral reef ecology a little bit. And there was always this Kaust. They, they always talked about Kaust, the king of Dali University of right. Science and Technology in Saudi Arabia. And there were always these great opportunities there, but then you, you kind of had to be satisfied with the idea of living in Saudi Arabia. And yeah, so, so what was that like studying so in Saudi Arabia? 
it was nice i i i missed the time yeah but it's i mean it's not uh, at least for me it didn't feel like a place you will stay long so that okay. was the nice thing because most of our jobs in academia are not really permanent yeah <laughs> so at least you go there and you really make the best out of it mm -hmm. and you know you will leave yeah so so the, the you know the mindset is different yeah, and maybe exactly. that's why it made the experience really good yeah okay um there's many things about saudi arabia which of course i don't i wouldn't sign off like and agree with yeah absolutely. <laughs> but um so for me it was the marine sciences why i went there mm -hmm. i mean kaust so the king abdullah university of science and technology yeah <laughs> is situated just uh, right at the red sea yeah and i mean i had before going there i had the chance to visit for two weeks mm -hmm. and and check it out nice, yeah. and then uh you mean i mean the place is what the the usually a place is what the people around you are yeah. and i like the people yeah, okay. so i got stuck with the people and i went there um the experience so saudi arabia and in general like asia in general I've, i mean i've since i i, I went i've been in the caribbean which is culturally like the total it's like black and white right? <laughs> total opposite yeah and then ending up in saudi arabia i kind of i didn't really feel um limited there i was there for the job okay um, but also I was explore we were exploring a lot. We went to the desert and, and yeah. I mean we talked to people and um yeah, we had we had like Saudi friends uh, yeah. there. Nice. So because some of them were came to study um yeah. uh, with us. Because uh, in the first place like the, the, the when they opened the place it was more like an American university. Mm -hmm. um, so like the, the campus is quite it is a compound it yeah. is a co it is a city by on its own so okay. to say so it's a compound it's uh, like oldenburg to hamburg maybe like an hour or is it an hour okay uh, no maybe a bit more maybe. a bit more yeah but yeah. Jeddah, so 70 kilometers okay. so you would need to go out of so so you, there's walls around yeah. this compound <laughs> <laughs> outside there's desert and you can drive to the city which is Jeddah, which okay. also at the red sea yeah um so you could go into the city but you were basically living in a compound yeah, okay. um but the compound compared to the classical compounds that you find in Jeddah or Riyadh um it, it's really big mm. so you don't feel it's like there is a supermarket there was we used to have the the only cinema in the kingdom <laughs> on the <laughs> okay. campus because there were no cinemas by now they they have cinemas so the country has yeah. changed yeah. since i left actually and i and i still i'm still in touch with people from Karlsruhe. so yeah um things have changed uh at that time it was i think when i went there there was an established community already mm. very international so i spent lots of time with the latin americans with europeans australians with people from everywhere basically mm. um my boss was german by the way <laughs> <laughs> yeah, christian Wulstra. yeah exactly yeah. he's now in constance in southern germany ah nice i so didn't know that i'm in, in the north he's in the south okay. so far away <laughs> um but uh yeah i uh, i got stuck with a group and with uh, the red sea research center that i joined it was also a very international place and it was very mixed and um different uh research um um how do you say research fields yep. represented okay uh we were on the coral so, so we were the bentic group and, as, and so chris is a genomics mm -hmm. person so he's he's okay. really hardcore genomics and i was <laughs> i was more I, I used my skills from 
the restorations project <laughs> that I that I was kind of um, uh, running uh, in the two years before mm. um, to set up uh, some some field monitoring sites because uh, Chris and his group they were interested in in like really working in situ and trying to understand the genetics genomics of of these you know features in the reef mm. <laughs> let's put it that way <laughs> yes and then the group was also very mixed so we had like physiologists we had um, um, se sequencing technicians and uh, yeah mm -hmm. yeah so I really I don't want to miss this experience yeah it's a good one nice um, but good. you know always know at some point it's time to go yeah <laughs> <laughs> And you did go, you, you went to uh, Kiel, back to Germany. Yeah, exactly. To I went to Kiel. Yeah, the Christian Albrecht University exactly. in, in Kiel. I started out there yeah. and uh, joined a microbiology lab mm -hmm. to deepen my microbiology skills because I was <laughs> an ecologist, right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. By then, um, uh, doing some metabarcoding. Mm -hmm. um, so I learned uh, a bit about microbiology and some techniques mm -hmm. that we can apply. And during this time, I actually wrote my first proposal to mm -hmm. because I got stuck with corals and the problem that <laughs> corals have, I think, and my interest in how the microbiome works with the organism that I know best, which was the coral yeah. at that time. So I wrote up a proposal and I was lucky to get it funded um, so I could continue, uh, yeah, my work from, well, it's, n it's I, or I, I restarted my, I used my coast mm -hmm. work as an inspiration for something new, let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so I moved on from microbial ecology to look more at the holobiont, which mm -hmm. is the host and the microbiome together. That's what ah, okay. holobiont or meta-organism, sorry yeah. for it. For <laughs> so for so it host and microbiome together yeah. are the holobiont. Yeah, so the you are a holobiont with okay. all your whatever organismal, uh, you know, like species, other species attached to you. Yeah. So that we speak of a ho coral holobiont. By now people speak about the meta-organism. Mm -hmm. So in Kiel, I got in, I was involved in this meta-organism consortium. So I was a f an affiliated researcher. Mm -hmm. Um, with a, uh, it's a collaborative research center, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a DFG funded research center okay. um, with a focus on on, uh, on meta organisms. So, mm. which means microbiomes yeah. uh, and the host organisms. Um, yeah, and from from there, I could uh, continue uh, working on coral and corals and coral microbiomes. And from there, I developed the I these ideas by also by meeting all these other people who started working on microbiome manipulation. Mm. Um, yeah, and I continue this work uh, here at HIFMB. Okay, no. Um, yeah. Yeah, nice, definitely. D so from, um, from, from Kiel, uh, you, from the Christian Albrecht University, you went to the uh, GEOMAR. Oh, yeah, right. That yeah. was based, so, so I, because um, the GEOMAR, it's obviously the Marine Science Institute, yeah. and I wrote my grant for to be hosted at the GEOMAR. Right. Okay. Um, it was still a kind of in a collaboration with, or I was affiliated to the people from the university, the mm. uh, meta-organism um, group. And uh, yeah, I spent three years there and my main, my major, like this big experiment yeah. uh, was during that time. Did you, was that the first uh, proposal you wrote? Yes. Yeah, your first proposal yeah, got funded. I was so That's lucky. Wild. I know, I know. <laughs> cool. And 
and and you still but but you uh, the the funding ran out but you're still working on the work like it always it's, is yeah, yeah i mean i well i applied here with my follow-up projects mm -hmm. my follow-up ideas to this yeah um yeah but there's still some potential and still work to do yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah speaking of that what's what's next for you then so when the yeah w when the work is all wrapped up wrapping up wrapping up R wrapping up <laughs> no i have another plan for as i said like the, the transplantation the microbiome transplantation has to go on mm -hmm. and so far um well i met a couple of people who have done a project in uh, the philippines so mm -hmm. i'm in touch with them okay uh, let's see what uh they have found out i'm uh, really excited are, are they based in the philippines yes yeah, yes okay. i met them just in the in the conference this year nice. that we we had in june yeah um i have a plan with my colleague um uh, who's based in gießen mm -hmm. um to have a little like this is the pro follow-up project that is on my mind for two years now or so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um and this will go on for sure mm -hmm. and i myself will need to look for other opportunities to yeah to, to be based yeah. at an, an another institute or you know find new funding for uh the new visions that i have yeah absolutely i mean i mean it's it's very nicely continuing from one step to the next and you seem to be quite lucky with uh proposals <laughs> so far yeah <laughs> but you never know right yeah exactly no yeah. i I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there will be yeah so so for i'm gonna continue i'm trying to wrap up but i'm gonna continue a few things that are also in the hands of my collaborators more yeah. than in my own mm -hmm. um and otherwise i'm super interested in microbiomes still yeah and <laughs> not so much in the brain anymore <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh yeah i think i will stick around with that for sure nice okay that's perfect um with with that i think we we come slowly to a close but if there's anything that um you you find we haven't highlighted or that we didn't mention you can uh, you, if you want to bring anything up, you can. Or um, not, not that I like nothing on my mind now. I think I talked mind. too much already. <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> no, but thanks for uh, this invite. Yeah, thank you. I was very coming. happy to. I was excited <laughs> and <laughs> nice. didn't know what, what what this how this will be. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm happy about giving us this platform to talk about our work because Absolutely. I think that's really important. Yeah, exactly. We don't talk about it. Like, uh, especially in such a way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ha happy to um, hear about it. It was super interesting. Yeah, yeah thanks for, for putting time into this. And Thank I love you. podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> I told you. <laughs> nice. Okay. Okay, thanks. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Want to dive deeper? Surf over to hifmb.de or follow us on Twitter at hifmb underscore ol.